Well, it's a great uh, pleasure to be back here again this morning. Good to see all of you. And I know that some of you have really matured. That is your age like I have. <laughs> but it's good to be back here this morning. That's, uh, it's good to see my old friend here, Ray. Uh, he's one person who will enjoy the message because we've been discussing the subject of truth for the last 30 years or so. So uh, let me read a passage from the Gospel of John chapter 8. The Gospel of John chapter 8 and verse 31. This famous passage here, Jesus says, To the Jews who had... All this, I was in Tonga a lot, two weeks ago and I was lecturing. Thank you, perfect. And there was this cat came around. And I was speaking about her, why Christianity? And there I said that cats are not intelligent. Dogs are not dogmatic. Uh, they ha don't have intellectual capacities like humans. And this cat came along, had a, a metal bar that was the size of a cigarette and it was playing up and down. And it, I was surprised, I, it took my attention. I said, I better concentrate on my message and not the cat. Then my interpreter, uh, who was interpreting for me, was speechless. I said, what's wrong? The cat turned off the microphone. <laughs> this is live television. <laughs> I, I, this is something that I'll never forget here. Um, John chapter 8, verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. One of the most famous passages in scripture. If Christianity is not true, then it doesn't matter what you do with your life. If Christianity is not true, it doesn't matter what you do with your life. But if it is true, then it makes all the difference. If it is true. So the subject of truth is fundamental to our existence. One of the most basic philosophical questions is, what is the truth? And uh, for the last, well, 35 years, 40 years, that is a subject that I've been dealing with and it's fascinating. Jesus provides the basis for truth. Jesus answered, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In fact, for this reason I was born and for this I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. The most beautiful passage for the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus brought us the truth. Buddha, before he died, said, I'm still searching for the truth. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In fact, Socrates, the greatest mind of the Western world, said, I've done the best I can if I only had a raft of revelation to carry me over the sea of doubt. So Christianity is a faith which offers a view of life, a view of reality, a view of value, and view of truth. The message of truth that is found in Christianity is amazingly different from secularism, from Eastern philosophy, from existentialism, you name it. It is totally radically different. It is the truth. That's what fascinates me about the Christian faith. Why I'm a Christian is not because my grandmother believes in it. 
Not because of the liver quiver syndrome, because some people say, I believe in Jesus because I have a shiver in my liver or a blessing in my bosom. But no, I believe in Christianity because it is the truth. Because Christianity provides a belief system that is so radically different. Our famous man, Winston Churchill said, men occasionally stumble over the truth, but most of the time pick themselves up and hurry off as if nothing had ever happened. And that is what, that's why Christianity is not embraced because people don't pay attention to the truth. And it's important that we understand what truth is. Well, when I was 17, they used to call me Elvis. Uh, look, at the, look at the disaster. <laughs> what fascinated by Christianity, it always stayed with me. Jesus Christ answered the search for truth. He offers me forgiveness, gives me a peace of mind, and he gives me power for living. Our empty souls <laughs> longs for peace. Our rational mind longs for truth. Our broken heart longs for love. Isn't that true? Our, our soul longs for peace. Our mind longs for truth. Our broken heart longs for love. A strong mind discusses ideas. The average mind discusses about events. Weak mind discusses people. Um, what we need to do is, sir, in the light of Christianity, it's important that we realize Christianity is not just a lifestyle. Christianity is not just an existential experience. Christianity is not just a blind belief. Christianity has the most powerful idea. It has the truth. The big question is, what is truth? Our culture is so confused about the nature of truth. In fact, I assigned 20 students in Tonga just a few weeks ago to write on what is the nature of truth, what is truth, how do you define it, uh, what is the essence, what is the nature, what is the character of truth. And you know, most of the students was confused. It took them at least three weeks before they could at least make some sense about what truth is. I was debating their famous atheist in Auckland some years ago, Bill Cook. He wasn't cooking that well that night. And uh, he uh, said, Christianity is not true. I said, Mr. Cook, before you could say Christianity is not true, you must know what truth is. You must have a standard of truth, a test for truth before you can say it is not true. So in our culture, in a popular level, people will say it is not true, but then they have no basis for truth. There is a basis for truth, and Jesus is the basis in the Christian context. Um, here we have a very good example. The philosophers has never killed any priest, whereas priests, have killed a great many philosophers. Sounds so impressive, sounds so true, but actually, this is philosophy versus philosophy. But they redefine Christian as priests, uh, and they say, but uh, the philosophers, the philosophy of Marxism, look at uh, how many people have died due to their teaching of Karl Marx. In Russia, 60 million people lost their life. So philosophy, is fundamental to human existence. So people's thinking governs our life. Uh, Michael Novak says, the most 
critical threat to our freedom is our failure to appreciate the power of truth. That's why Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And he's the most powerful being that has transformed our world. So the word truth, true and truly appears in the Bible 338 times. Jesus says, I tell you the truth, appears 80 times. So truth is fundamental to Christianity. One night I was there, couldn't sleep, so I came up. What does the modern mind think today? Where are we in the Western world? And one fact is true. We wonder today without purpose. You look at our society. We wonder without purpose. We think without God. We do think, but we don't think about God. We live without principle. At one time, there were principles. There weren't, there were even principles at high school. Today, we don't have principles anymore. We reasoned. We do reason at universities, our media, and so forth. We reason, but we reason without the truth. We act without morals. We worship without conviction. And we die without hope. And this is where the modern world is in, uh, in, a, in the intellectual level. I like what T.S. Eliot, the Nobel Prize winner says, where is the life we have lost in living? Where is the wisdom we have lost in knowledge? Where is the knowledge we have lost in information? The cycles of heaven in 20 centuries brings us further from God and nearer to dust. Chico Chasen was once asked the question, what he thinks about civilization? He said, I believe in it. I wish someone will start it. If you look in our world today, how we civilize and how do we define civilization without the objective truth. I like uh, Caliph Henry, uh, a brilliant mind. I had the pleasure of meeting him several occasions. He says, we live in the twilight of a great civilization amidst the deepening decline of modern culture. Our generation is lost to the truth of God. For this loss, it is paying dearly in a shift relapse to paganism. The barbarians are coming. Savages are stirring in the dust of a decadent civilization. What a powerful statement. Well, it is important that we know the truth. Evangelical philosophers like Clark, Nash, and others have disappeared. <laughs> In today's culture, our beliefs are formed by persuasion rather than by rational reflection. Sadly, our time is a time where people don't think about the wonders of truth, the beauty of God, the power of his love. Today we go along with persuasions like the mass media. You can see culture shift so easily without reflecting. Reflection is fundamental to our existence. Here we go. Truth produces faith. Why truth matters this morning? Because truth produces faith. Truth removes drought. Truth creates confidence. Truth produces conviction. Truth dispels darkness. Chesterton says so beautifully, truth of course must of necessity be stranger than fiction for we've made fiction to suit ourselves. How wonderful that is. Brilliant mind. The further a society drifts from truth, the more it will hate those 
that speak it. And it's very true. Here we have a typical cultural expression, nobody knows anything. What a relief. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> I, thought I, was it, I thought it was just me. <laughs> and we live in a stage of ignorance when it comes to ultimate purpose and ultimate meaning. Um, here we have, um, you gotta believe in something, man. <laughs> I don't even believe in believing. And a lot of young people think that way. You know, I had got a letter not long ago from a guy who said to me, what do I tell this guy? He says he believes in nothing. I said he's dangerous. Because <laughs> a person who believes in nothing, uh, we can't act without beliefs. Beliefs are fundamental to our existence. Marilyn Monroe says, I believe in everything a little bit. That's the postmodern culture for you. Protagoras says, man is the measure of all things. That's where we are today. So, today the concept of truth is so misunderstood. Our culture says, what you believe is true for you. What I believe is true for me. That's why the gospel cannot penetrate the modern culture because people have a resistance to the truth from the media and universities, etc. So, Chesson says, a man does test everything by something. The question here is whether he's ever tested the test. And that is true. We need to know why we believe and what we believe. So the attack on truth comes from various angles today from existentialism which says that truth is personal. Postmodern says truth is not Objective. Experientialism says what you experience is the truth. And fideism, it's a big word I know, uh, simply says there is no reason for faith and therefore one must just accept without reason. That's fideism. So today in modern relativism, we have the view that truth, that's true for you but not for me. Truth is relative to one's culture. Who are you to judge? Who are you to say that your religion is right and all others are wrong? Why are you being intolerant of someone else's belief? So what controls our culture today is relativism. Uh, relativism is so popular. But it's good to reflect briefly. I wish I had 10 hours to discuss relativism, but uh, we can try to do a taxi driver's version. We go very quickly. Uh, the false truth is relative, says the relativist. Um, th then they also say there is no truth. Uh, no one can know anything. Everybody is right. Truth is what you think. Take all these presuppositions. Truth is relative. If truth is relative, that is relative too. <laughs> if that is relative, then it's not relative anymore. It's like saying there is no rules. If there is no rule, is that a rule that says there is no rule? It acts as a rule. <laughs> So the naive people who say that, I don't believe in anything, but in fact they do. They have affirmed one belief. <laughs> like uh, if you study Zen Buddhism, it's a very fascinating field, Zen Buddhism. Uh, in Zen Buddhism, Zen would say there is no truth. But then, what is that? Is that true? <laughs> that has to be true, otherwise you have not said anything. 
otherwise you say hamburger or something. But you've obviously said there is no truth. <laughs> so it is, on the surface it sounds profound, but deep down it's stupid. So much of these statements appears very profound on the surface because we think they're smart. But if you analyze them logically, they fall to pieces. So uh, let's critique it. And someone said it so beautifully, there is no nonsense so gross that society will not at some point, at some time, make a doctrine of it and defend it with every weapon of communal stupidity. And it's so true. Let's, I've got 10 objections to relativism before we talk about the nature of truth. If relativism is true, it can't be true. If it is true, the question is, how do you know it is true? <laughs> how do you know? They don't prove relativism, they simply state it and assume it. If relativism is true, all views are true. When all views are true, it is simply nonsense. <laughs> Like you're asking a particular question, uh, well, who's the Prime Minister of New Zealand if you're given a hundred names? You know, it doesn't jar. So truth must be objective and truth must be consistent. If all, if relativism is true, then Hitler would be right. A relativist will never argue with you. A true relativist, because he's dead. But uh, uh, so if all views are equally true, then the views of Hitler in his racist attitude and racist belief would be right. Uh, if relativism is true, you cannot condemn any views at all. But usually relativists attack Christianity. And uh, then if relativism is true indeed, if it is true, then there is no reason for anyone to become a Christian because every view is equally true. I was once not a Christian, Therefore, it would be foolish for me to become a Christian because every view is equally right. So, it may sound very impressive to talk about everything is relative, but in reality, it is contradictory. You don't have to be a Christian. The trouble with relativism, it is subjective. It is subjective in the sense that it has no objective proof to support it. A good example is, I'll, I use my wife as an illustration. Wives are very useful in some cases. Uh, I would ask my students, uh, could you please tell me where my wife was born? And uh, they will mention 50 nations, but they'll never mention the country where she was born. She was a missionary's daughter in Solomon Island. Uh, she never had the wisdom of Solomon, at least she had the wisdom to marry me. <laughs> and you can see that uh, 50 people telling me where she was born, and the 50 people were wrong, <laughs> because your opinion must correspond to truth. So uh, it is subjective. So relativism is subjective. Rel you know, uh, relativists have no basis for their belief. The moment they try to prove they are right, they disprove themselves. That's a problem with relativism. And then furthermore, relativism is self-refuting and self-contradictory. What do I mean by that? It's like if I would come to the podium and say, I don't exist. I don't exist. Well, I have to exist in order to say I don't exist. It's like saying, I cannot speak a word in English. I've done it. <laughs> so it is self-refuting. So the statement, there are no absolute. There are no absolute. is an absolute statement saying there are no absolute. So it is self-refuting. It refutes, in other words, it's a, it is a false statement. Like the statement, no one can know anything. 
No one can know anything. If no one can know anything, then you cannot know anything. I cannot know anything. Then for me, it's pointless for me to say no one can know anything. So it is, it's not a play of word, it's logical. If you apply logic to relativism, it falls like a pack of cards. So it is contradictory. And furthermore, relativism is meaningless. Why? Because it has no intellectual property. Because intellectual property must make sense about reality. In this case, it's meaningless. And furthermore, relativism is false. Why? Because if relativism is true, then a rapist would be right. He, it's all right for a rapist to kill, uh, to murder, and so forth. Uh, it is false because there are certain morals that are totally wrong. It is totally wrong to take an innocent life. It is totally wrong to take a little baby and smash her to pieces with an axe. It's wrong. Relativism cannot condemn such an activity because if all truth is relative, then there are certain acts that can be permitted. There would be no universal moral. So relativism may sound fundamentally, but it's not fundamentally sound. It may sound impressive on the surface, but deep down as you analyze it, it has no possible reason. And then furthermore, relativism finally is unlivable. No relativist can live his relativism. In my book, I talk about this fellow uh, in a university writing a paper defending relativism. And he says in his paper, there are no absolute, there is no right and wrong, everything is relative. So he presented this paper to the professor. The professor happened to be a Christian. He looked at the paper and he said this, the paper said there is no right and wrong. So he gave him an F. He says, F, I don't like the color of this folder. So the guy got so upset. He came and said, professor, this is not fair. This is not right. He said, Professor, what do you mean not right? You don't believe in right and wrong. <laughs> so the paper said, there is no right and wrong. That's why I don't like blue folders, so I give you an F. <laughs> you can see, he couldn't live. You know, a person may say, there is no right and wrong, but please don't take my wallet. <laughs> there is no right and wrong, don't kiss my girlfriend. <laughs> you see? So it's easy to say there is no right and wrong, but in reality, you cannot live it. That's the problem with relatives. I hope I've destroyed it by now. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, here you have cultural relativism, Perkins, makes our current situation no moral, mo not morally agreeable. So it sounds, uh, if relativism is true, in some culture we say, in a civilized culture, a civilized culture says, thou shall love thy neighbor as thyself. In a cannibalistic culture, the cannibal says, thou shalt eat thy neighbor. Now who is right? <laughs> so unless there is a moral standard that judges us, we have no basis for our belief. Look at the, uh, in, in India, before the British came, they used to burn, uh, the Hindus used to burn their wife with their dead husband. Uh, they will just, you know, call sati. They will, uh, uh, so there's no absolute, you can't condemn anything. In fact, one, when the British officer was watching a funeral, uh, the mystic said, my conscience tells me that I should burn the wife with a dead husband. The British officer says, my conscience tells me that I should burn you if you do. <laughs> so uh, without God, there is no absolute. Without God, there is no right and wrong. You can see the communist uh, Paul Part, because he didn't believe in right and wrong, he didn't believe in God. Uh, Millions of people were slaughtered. 
So Jesus says, you will know, you will know, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Jane Fonda some years ago in a talk show uh, said to the minister, uh, the minister said, Jesus is the son of God. She replied, he might be for you, but he isn't for me. And that's what most cultural people in our culture will tell you. Christianity may be true for you, it is not true for me. And I like the response of the minister who said, he either is or he isn't. Isn't that true? That's worth this morning's message. Christianity is not true because I believe it or because I reject it. It is true whether I believe it or I do not. So how can we know there are three ways by which we can apply the test to truth. Is it rational? Truth must be logical and rational. Otherwise, how do we know we're talking about the truth? It must be relevant. And thirdly, it must be resourceful. That's why Christianity is not only rational, it is relevant and resourceful. Even in the 21st century, it is relevant, it is resourceful, and it is rational. I like what Jean Paul Sartre, or Jean Paul Sartre as some would put it, uh, the famous existential French philosopher said so beautifully, although he was an atheist, he's no longer an atheist now, he died many years ago. So uh, this is what he said before he died. A finite point without an infinite reference point is meaningless and absurd. And what he says is so true. Man in search for truth will never find the truth in their own search. But the beautiful part is that God, the infinite being, has come to a finite point. And that is the message of Christianity. Jesus, the infinite one, became finite so that the finite can know the infinite. All other religion is man in search for the infinite. What it will take for a finite being to look for the infinite? An infinite time. But Christianity offers the best news. No other religion offers this because the infinite has come to us. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. I like Ludwig Wittgenstein. In fact, I was typing, I've forgotten his uh, uh, statement here, and I Googled, <laughs> and I get my own article that I wrote about 20 years ago. <laughs> And it's so nice to Google uh, truth and truth and uh, Wittgenstein, and I get my page, <laughs> my my website. And uh, Wittgenstein, you know, was one of the greatest mind of the 20th century. Uh, they said there was no greater philosopher since Wittgenstein. Uh, in his famous book *Logical Tractaticus*, my friend was trying to read it 17 times and never understood it. And Wittgenstein in this famous book, Logico Tratatica, says beautifully, man doesn't have sufficient perspective from within the world to build an eternal structure of truth and value. And he's right. We don't have within us the capacity to create or legislate or structure truth. And therefore truth must come from God. Truth must come beyond ourselves, And that is the central point of Christianity, that in Christ we can know the truth. And it is so beautiful. 
So let's look at truth number one. Jesus said, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. In other words, truth is possible. Truth is possible. Our culture says truth is impossible. But Jesus says it's possible. You will know the truth. And then, truth is not only possible, truth is profound. If someone says, I have the truth, look at their lifestyle, look at their beliefs, look at their actions. Truth is profound. And you look at the life of Christ. He illustrated the truth. He demonstrated the truth. He offered the truth. We see the truth in his life. He talked about love and he demonstrated love. He talked about truth and he was profound. And all these gurus comes along, you know, they talks about a, a profound, and I had a friend who went to India all the way to meet this famous guru. And he spent a lot of money going over there to meet this guy. And there, then he meets him and he asks him this question, your highness, what is the truth? Uh, what is life? To the question, what is life? He said, life is a banana. And that's the best you can get from our philosophers. <laughs> they sound very smart, but what they offer you is banana. Uh, but Jesus offers you something so beautiful. He demonstrates love. He demonstrates truth. He demonstrates faithfulness. He demonstrates character, virtue. It is amazing. It's profound. Because the profoundity of truth can be demonstrated in the context, the beauty of truth, the value of truth, the necessity for truth. Uh, we need the truth. As Plato said, as our heart is designed for love, our mind is designed for truth. So truth is not only possible, it's profound. Thirdly, truth is perfect. Jesus demonstrates the perfections of truth. One of the ways... One of the reasons I can worship Jesus and not Muhammad or Confucius or Buddha because Jesus was perfect. You can see the way Buddha treated women, the way Muhammad treated women, and the way Jesus treated women. It's so different because he was the truth and he was able to show the truth. If you don't have it, you can't share it. In the context of Christ, he was able to show the perfection of God, the beauty of God, the love of God, the grace of God. It is amazing. He is, <clears throat> truth has perfection. Truth is unchangeable. In a changing world, in a changing world of technology and belief system, there is a perfect truth that is absolute. And truth will never change because it is strong, it's stable. The culture that we love today goes up and down but Christ remains forever. So truth is perfect, truth is profound, and truth is personal. And now Jesus said, you will know the truth. You will know it. You don't have to use a philosopher or a scientist, but you. So Jesus provides the basis for truth. When we are touched by the truth, we will be different. Because truth is something that we must treasure. But today, in a relativistic culture, truth doesn't matter anymore. In fact, they say, it doesn't matter what it is. I want to live my life. And that is insanity. Because if God exists, and if he is sovereign over the universe, then my security depends on him. And that's logical. 
I'm not my own boss because I depend on God's oxygen to survive. I depend on his nutrition. I depend on space and time. I depend on God's creation, yet we don't acknowledge him. But that's why Jesus said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And it's beautiful to know that while we live in this world of transient culture and beliefs, there is an abiding truth that lasts forever, that we can give our life to and interact. And though our outwardly we may perish, and externally we may be weak, but inwardly because of the truth of Christ will sustain us through all our passage of time. And it's good to know that in this world, there is the truth. There is fiction which may entertain us, but truth will save us. So in the context of Christianity, we have something that is amazing. I like Osgenes' famous statement here with this, I'll close. Osgenes is a brilliant English social apologist, uh, born in China, beautiful mind. He says this, to know God as creator is significant. To know him in revelation is clarity of knowledge. To know him personally is fulfillment. To know him in character is order and value. To know him in grace is freedom, love, joy, peace, and adoration. And that's what Christianity is all about. Christianity is not just a trivial belief. It is a profound belief. It is based on the truth. So when we trust ourselves to the truth, we're truly people who have found the way out of this mess. May God help us as we journey in the truth that we will believe it, that we share it, and that we will live by it. Let me pray with you. Father, we thank you for your people this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you have provided the opportunity to know your truth. I pray that you will bless every heart here, especially those that are hurting, that they will find the message of truth comforting and liberating. We thank you for your goodness today. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen.